Thank you very much. On this Easter morning, I want to direct your attention to a passage of Scripture from Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 34. You may have your Bibles with you, or you may be reaching for a Bible with the hymnals there, and the page number indicated on the, in the uh, bulletin. It will also be on the screen uh, while I'm reading it, but you may want to refer to it during the course of my message. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. We're going to hear an Easter sermon. Uh, This is what uh, the Apostle Peter preached as one of the early sermons of the Christian faith, and it is the celebration of uh, the Christ event, uh, his life and his death and his resurrection. And I want you to listen to it very carefully accordingly so that we can kind of pick up on the theme of uh, one of the first Easter sermons. So I'm going to read this aloud, and I invite you to stand if you're able, and I'll read this and you follow along silently and prayerfully. Then Peter began to speak to them, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his holy word. You may be seated. Had a friend who was in the hospital once, uh, was in intensive care as a matter of fact, and he was uh, hooked up to tubes, he was hooked up to wires, there was a mask over his face, and he was uh, wanting to communicate with me. He was very conscious and very alert, but he couldn't talk, but he wanted somehow to communicate with me his intention and his uh, resolve to get better and to get stronger. So he asked for a clipboard and he asked for a a ballpoint pen and he scribbled weakly on that piece of paper I'll never forget. It's hard by the yard, it's a cinch by the inch. That was his way of saying, you can't do a lot all at once, but you can do something a little bit at a time. And I want to remind us this morning that Easter is the epic event of human history. It is the seismic event that has shaken the cosmos. My life is forever different because Jesus has been raised from the dead. Your life is forever, and I mean literally forever different, because Jesus has been raised from the dead. And all of that was so dramatic and so unexpected and so sudden, and yet the living out of the resurrection the ripple effect of living for the risen Christ is a growth that happens in fits and starts. It's not always big. It's not always dramatic. 
It's not always in miles or yards or feet, but sometimes in inches. Baby steps living out the resurrection. And sometimes we forget that. Baby steps, though the event was huge, the living out of the risen Christ in our daily lives, small steps, Easter comes by inches. And I want to demonstrate that this morning by reminding you of this Easter sermon that we just heard uh, summarized in the book of Acts, the 10th chapter. It's a great Easter sermon. It covers uh, Jesus' life, all the good he did. It covers all the healing he uh, accomplished. It covered the Trinity. It mentions the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus. Uh, It mentions Jesus' uh, cruel death on the cross, the forgiveness of sins that we experience because of Christ's sacrifice, the resurrection of Jesus, God the eternal judge who holds all lives accountable. it's It's a wonderful Easter sermon, but what I want to focus on this morning is not so much what was said, but who said it. It was Simon Peter. Do you remember Simon Peter? He's the one who messed up a lot. Simon Peter's the one who, well, his track record was less than perfect. He was, uh, even when he got it right, he got it wrong. He would get something right, and then he'd keep on talking, and you'd want to just say, oh, Peter, stop talking. You had it right, but you're just continuing to go on. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, Jesus said, what are people saying about me? And Simon Peter said, pick me, teacher. I know, I know, I know. Peter, what are they saying? You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what I say, Simon Peter says. And Jesus said, right, Simon Peter, go to the head of the class. And then Simon Peter kept on talking. Should have stopped while he was ahead. He said, but you're never going to suffer. You're never going to go through any hardship. You're not going to be a part of anything related to suffering. And Jesus said, you've missed the whole point, Simon Peter. Go to the back of the class. And that was his life. He'd do something really well. And then he'd start feeling good about himself. Does this sound like anybody you know? And then he'd get puffed up with pride, and then he'd stumble again. And He got to feeling self-sufficient, and he said, You know, others, Lord, may abandon you, but I'll never abandon you. And then he turned around and denied Jesus three times and wept with bitter tears. But even after the resurrection... Simon Peter didn't have it all right because early in his ministry, he thought that the gospel was just for certain kind of people, his kind of folk. And he had trouble understanding it was for everybody. And if you'll notice, this sermon in Acts 10 starts out with an apology and a confession. I now understand God is no respecter of persons. God loves everybody. That's his Easter sermon. So he had it right, and then he'd get it wrong. And For Simon Peter, his spiritual growth was not all of a sudden. It was not huge. It was not dramatic. It was by inches, the same way that you and I live our lives. Now, here's an amazing thing about the Bible. What we know about Simon Peter and the other stumbling disciples who bumbled and made mistakes and sinned and failed and betrayed and denied, what we know about them, we found out from them. They told this on themselves. They were honest. They were transparent. They were real. They simply acknowledged their brokenness and their stumbling and their their failures. And they could do that because they knew that the risen Christ 
was the Christ who would forgive them and help them do better and do differently. It wasn't perfection. And even though they were transparent and told these stories about them, they didn't wallow in self-guilt. Did you notice when Simon Peter started his sermon? He didn't start out by saying, Hi, I'm Simon Peter. I'm the one who denied Jesus three times and dwell on it. They They didn't wallow in guilt. He accepted the forgiveness of God and he went on and he became stronger and he knew that Easter comes in inches very slowly. How many of us here this morning on this Easter Sunday morning are really, really glad that God does not give up on us? I think I heard some amens. That's pretty good for 815. How many of us are really, really glad that God does not just wash his hands of us every time we mess up. And aren't you glad that when God looks at us, he doesn't just look at who we are right now. Through his eyes of grace and love, God looks at us based on what we might become. He looks at us with eyes of grace to see what we are becoming. And though we may be discouraged this morning that Easter only comes in inches, we are at least thankful that Easter comes at all. That the hope of change in our lives is always possible because the risen Christ is working in us and whittling on us. I love the story about... um, I hear this man say he went into a gift shop one time down in the south and he saw the, uh, an overpriced wood carving of a hound dog. And he was grumbling to the guy who was with him. He said, I would not pay that much money for a, car, a wood carved uh, hound dog. And the guy who was with him was from that region and he said, well, I don't think it'd be too hard to make. You just cut away everything that doesn't look like a hound dog. You just take a piece of wood, cut away everything that doesn't look like a hound dog. That's what God does with us. He lovingly whittles away at everything in us that doesn't look like Jesus Christ. And Easter comes very gradually in inches. You know what I'm talking about, I think. Have you had those experiences where out of the blue there'll be this resurrection strength to do something differently than you intended to do it for the good? Uh, Maybe you've been struggling with a temptation and, and somehow surprisingly out of nowhere comes strength to to say no and to walk away. Maybe those little doses of courage that you need to stand up for Christ at school or uh, in the neighborhood or with friends. You just don't know where it came from, but there was that that inch of resurrection strength. Uh, Suddenly there's this desire to forgive someone that, that hadn't been there before. Maybe a with your spouse, you feel like relationships at an impasse, and suddenly, from from nowhere you understand about, 
there is this fresh commitment to the marriage. There has to be something divine that God is doing. Maybe God suddenly works in your heart and mind to see an enemy and to realize rather than spread more gossip about her, suddenly it's your desire to meet and get to know that person better. See, these little resurrections happen all the time. You look in the community and you see some injustice and and somehow pieces fall together and you're able to see a difference that you can make in your world for good. And you look back on it and say, that was a miniature resurrection. You suddenly have the desire to do some act of service that nobody else will know about, but it just feels so good inside, and you know you have grown spiritually. The power of the resurrection, the power of the risen Christ, is very dramatic, but sometimes very quiet and almost imperceptible. And we all hunger for something more than religion. I think everybody here this morning would just honestly say, God, we need more than religion. We're longing for a vital, real, personal relationship with you. And I, and I want to say to you this morning, whether you come to church just once in a while or you're here all the time, don't give up. You may feel hopeless this morning that that your life keeps cycles of failure going round and round, or you may feel very discouraged that you can't seem to break out of some old patterns, but, but there is hope because Jesus Christ loves you. God loves you. Jesus died for you. And in being raised again, Jesus was breaking that old cycle of sin, and there is hope for newness and change for each of us. For each of us. Last summer, uh, we were sort of consumed with the Ebola outbreak and all of the news that, that reported the, the different uh, ones who had been infected. And we remember reading particularly about Dr. Kent Brantley, a medical missionary physician who was infected. And there was a time when they weren't sure he was going to live. He was in isolation. And then there was this turnaround and there was this wonderful healing when he was declared healed and out of isolation. And the headline read, Doctor says, I'm thrilled to be alive. And what a working parable of what we are living today in our resurrection faith. Instead of walking around with a sentence of death on our lives, there is this pronouncement from God that through Jesus we are healed. We are no longer living in isolation, but we have one another and we have God. We come to the place where we admit our need of a Savior. We come to the place where we trust in what Jesus Christ has done for us, trust Him personally, and we commit to follow Him. This is how that journey begins. And so, this risen Savior comes to live inside of us, to give us joy and to give us the forgiveness that Simon Peter preached about and embodied. 
And this living Savior accompanies us through every inch of our growth and is there with us when we stumble and fall backwards and and lose ground. But he's there with us every step of the way so that he's with us finally when we cross over that finish line and he's carrying us so that death is transferred and transformed into an opening to everlasting life. This is the Savior. And like the doctor, we can say, I'm thrilled to be alive. I'm thrilled to be alive, alive in Jesus Christ, alive in the resurrection, inch by inch, and for all of eternity. Amen.